Hey there, it's Stephanie Irvin. You know, I run our advocacy work and campaign work here at Civic Ventures. We've spent like the last two years working on how to modernize how we prevent wildfires in our state because it's just gotten ridiculous. There's smoke every August. August went from being the month you looked forward to to the worst month of the year because the smoke is so bad outside here. It was worse than Beijing one day in Seattle last summer. So we turned our focus towards wildfires recently. We've been doing a lot of that work with our state commissioner of public lands, Hillary Franz. So recently, Nick and Hillary sat down to talk about what we can do. Here they are. Ready, set, go. I'm ready whenever you are. Hillary Franz. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and I can tell you that when I was younger, uh, my summers were not dominated by smoke from forest fires. And, you know, a year ago, I had this notion that given what I know about how the world works, it seemed super likely that the way in which we were fighting forest fires probably hadn't changed in 100 years. And we called you. And what did we learn? It has not changed much at all. <laughs> so while our environment conditions have changed, right. uh, while we are seeing more significant fires and we're seeing more smoke in the air and we're seeing them in every corner of the state, uh, we have not been funding our wildfire suppression resources at the level and the pace and scale that we're seeing wildfires. And it is profoundly different today than it was 30 years ago, isn't it? It is profoundly different. I actually have in my office a Christmas card from the commissioner who was in office in 1953 that said it was a really bad fire season this year. We had 600 acres burn. And that was a bad fire year, right? Yeah. So to put that in perspective yeah. to where we are now, because you talked about 100 years, right? right? We, uh, just more than 50 years later, experienced last year 1,850 fires and 440,000 acres yeah. burned. It's an extraordinary increase. Um, and I think there, there are at least three factors contributing to this. The first is bad force practices, right? So explain that. So we right now have a significant change that has taken place in our forest. We are seeing just in eastern Washington alone 2.7 million acres of forest that are dying due to disease, insect infestation, right. drought. You have trees that are competing for sun and water um, and not able to get as strong and healthy. And then you have um, a movement of hotter, drier temperatures and they right. are loved by insects and uh, disease. So it's a combination of climate change and the way in which we have managed our forests, right? That's right. So we're seeing a rapidly changing climate and we're yeah. not managing our forest that is representative of that changing climate. And we believe we can make a significant difference to change the trajectory of those forests, even with our climate that's changing. That's right. And just to add in this one more factor, it's super obvious, but I hadn't thought of it. We have a lot more people here than we did 100 years ago. And so the chances of forest fires has gone up dramatically as the number of people we have interacting with those forests. That's right. right. And that's a two-pronged thing. One yeah. is we have more people interacting in the forest, so there's more chance of actual human-caused fires, yes. which we have seen. More yeah. than 90% of our fires last year and the years before were caused by humans. But we're also seeing more people are moving in and living in the forest, which means right. that when wildfires in the past took over those forests, right, it wasn't as dangerous. Yes. It wasn't as threatening to human life as we now have the fires we right. are seeing. 
So that's the bad news. But we do have some good news, which is that there are bold approaches to this problem that are available to us. And if we enact those bold approaches, we may be able to do something about this problem. That's right. We believe we can very much change the trajectory of what we've experienced the last few years of the amount of smoke, the amount of catastrophic wildfires, and also the trajectory of our forests that are dying. But it will take investment. It will take significant investment, and it will take a focused, concerted effort, not for the next year, but for the next 20 years. Yeah. And so, Hillary, just to use one anecdote as a way to explain to folks listening how far behind we are in addressing a problem at the scale of 400,000 acres of forest fires a year. How many professional forest fire fighters do we employ in the state? This shocked me. So I oversee the largest wildfire fighting team in the state at the Department of Natural Resources. We have 43 full-time firefighters. (laughs) It's just an astonishing number. It's an astonishingly low number. And of course, during the fire season, you hire temporary force firefighters or whatever it is. So we we designed our wildfire fighting team and it hasn't changed much back uh, in the 1950s where we had only 600 acres burned and we'd see a number of fires and we could man up or woman up since we are increasing our firefighters and women and firefighters. We could, based on what we saw as the trajectory of the wildfire season that was going to happen, and we did it several ways. So we leveraged our 43 firefighters that are full-time. They work year-round in getting ready for fire season from contracts and work on the ground. We then uh, bring in 550 seasonal firefighters. These are our young men and women who are in college or just out of college. They're looking for seasonal employment that pays well and and gives them experience. Uh, We then also leverage uh, our own employees that do other work. So I oversee 1,600 employees, the DNR team, and they do everything from aquatic leases and management to forest management to agricultural management and accounting accounting and IT (laughs) and HR. Well, half of those employees are trained to be firefighters. So you press them into service during the fire season? We absolutely do, but it's volunteer. (laughs) So let me make clear, it's volunteer. Um, Guess what? I have good news. You're going to go fight fires today. Put your pencil down. And in a year, people are actually excited to do that. They're like, hey, I was getting tired of coding and I was getting tired. Good for them. The usual job. But it doesn't sound like the smartest way to go. And what what really strikes me about this and what what my instinct was is that we set up a system that made perfect sense 50 or 75 years ago that expected forest fires to be rare and infrequent. That's right. And we have a system which is perfectly designed to meet that challenge. But today we have a circumstance where forest fires are... uh, extremely uh, frequent and very predictable. And so we need a completely different approach to fighting them than we once did. That's right. It's exactly you said. We historically would have had maybe a fire season that was two months, three months at Mm -hmm. most, right? And so having that sort of militia model being people in and out of service worked very fine. The problem is that our fire season now starts as 
I would have said last year as early as April when it started and goes straight into October. Unfortunately, we just last week fought 50 fires in Washington State and we're only in the middle of March. And so what's happening is people are now, we're employing people full time for firefighting for more than seven months of the year. And they're in 16 hour shifts, weeks on end. And so to be clear, fighting these fires costs us collectively a a bunch of money. But my instinct is that prevention is always much, much cheaper than dealing with the disease itself. In other words, if we had a better system in place to suppress fires before they got large, the right staff and equipment uh, that was scaled to the size of the challenge you currently face, we could spend less money on fighting forest fires than the way in which we sort of approach it now on an ad hoc basis. That's right. There's a couple things that. So yeah. first of all, we absolutely are paying. We're paying for our wildfire. We're paying for our dying forest. The question yeah. is whether we're going to pay more by being reactive or we're going to pay less by being proactive. And yeah. the proactive side is one, the more we have resources up front to fight our wildfires, right? And that we pre-position those equipment, yes. we can get on them faster and we can keep them contained so they're less damaging and less costly. Obviously, a 200 acre fire is far less expensive than a 100,000 acre right. fire. And that's all about speed of that's deployment right. and the resources there when you deploy. How many helicopters does the state own that are positioned during fire season to go deal with this problem instantly? I, I currently have eight helicopters mm-hmm. uh, that everybody should be aware of. All of them fought in the Vietnam War. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's how old they are. Oh, wow. We have an amazing mechanics team that put them together <laughs> part by part by part. Yeah. They're beautiful machines. But I will tell you, and I say this often yeah. to people, how many people out there are still driving the car that they had in the 1960s during yeah. the Vietnam War? Yeah, that's crazy. Right? And we're putting our firefighters in those helicopters on the line to help fight these fires, but they are very old machines with great mechanics trying to keep them together. We also right now, and part of our budget ask for the legislature is to get two more of those helicopters, not brand new, they're sitting in parts in a hangar, put them together so we now would have 10 helicopters. And an important thing for people to know is historically, majority of our fires were all on the eastern part of the state. Right. So we would leverage the resources and equipment we had and position them on the east side state so they can get on them quickly. Yes. Last year, a whole new phenomenon happened. 40% of our fires were west of the Cascades. So we were literally in a position of saying, how do we take the eight helicopters we've had and historically distributed just in eastern Washington and now spread it across the entire state and still be able to keep those fires contained, get on top of them, um, and put them out. Yeah. So... Um, There's another really interesting and, frankly, exciting positive dimension to a bolder approach, which is the advent of this new industry of manufacturing cross-laminate timber out of smaller trees that used to be, frankly, not worth very much. That's right. And one of the things that we've discussed, and I think one of the really exciting parts of a bolder approach is 
more resources for forest management will generate a stream of product to a new industry to enable us to both to employ people, but also to provide the products that will allow us to make affordable housing and cheaper construction materials. And more sustainable. That's right. So tell us about that. So we have 2.7 million acres in eastern Washington alone of forests that are dying disease, insect infestation, drought. Um, we have a choice right now to either go into those forests and treat those forests, remove those dead, dying disease trees, the smaller diameter, and we can either treat them up front and move them into a mill and create product that can create more affordable housing yeah. and more environmentally sustainable housing, or we can watch the entire thing go up and fire and smoke. Yeah. And you will still pay more in handling it as fire and smoke, and you will also not only get the environmental damage from that right. and the economic cost of that, or you can choose to put it to actual economic value that creates jobs in our rural communities and creates housing over our, our community's heads and creates something that is more resilient and environmentally sustainable than smoke and fire. Yeah, so I know that you're working on legislation to accomplish all of these things. We need to raise a little bit of money to stand up a real larger professional firefighting force that in the summer can fight fires, in the wintertime can do the force management that it will take to take these other things out, to get enough equipment into the system to be able to address the problem at the scale of the problem and uh, begin to facilitate the creation of this whole new industry, which is incredibly exciting, both for the places in which these mills are, but also for people in places like Seattle who, who need more affordable housing. That's right. So we've already developed a plan. First, we developed a forest health plan mm -hmm. that says specifically, here are the forests that are in the worst condition with the most threat to the landscape and to communities. And here's the specific treatments that need to happen in those forests. It's mm -hmm. about 1.25 million acres and treating them over the next 20 years. Um, we've already developed that plan. We've already set the specific treatments that need to happen. And all we're looking for is the key funding to get that work going, the same as true on our wildfire we have not funded our wildfire suppression back to the helicopters yeah. from vietnam war back to the approach of having only 43 full-time firefighters we have not funded the kind of wildfire suppression team we need in this state for this state to be set up for success and we just developed a 10-year wildfire suppression strategic plan mm -hmm. that will enable us to build the kind of wildfire fighting team the state needs and deserves yeah. to protect our communities and our landscapes yeah so this seems like the most obvious thing in the world to me. I can't imagine anyone with any sense would oppose this. It's not very much money to get on top of this, um, to get on top of this program. How should listeners be supportive? Like, how, how can people engage in this really important thing? I, I doubt there are very many people in the state who today don't care about this issue and aren't either directly or indirectly affected by it. I think the first thing is people need to really definitely raise the attention and make sure their legislators know how important this issue is. Obviously, our legislators are competing with multiple interests right. and needs. We've got affordable housing, we've got yeah. mental health. The list goes on. Um, and I think it's important that the listeners are saying, look, we understand their competing interests, but the fact is we are throwing money down a drain and we are costing our economy and our environment the more we let this problem go. Right. And this actually has a win for the environment, economy, 
and society by investing in it um, and to raise the profile of saying you need to legislature to fund this. Now, we've been working to make sure that it wasn't just an ask of please support this amongst all those competing interests. Right. We've been working hard to help also find a revenue stream that has a direct nexus to the problem and the opportunity and besides having a direct nexus to the problem and the opportunity is also creates a sustainable funding source as i said we have a 10-year wildfire suppression plan we have a 20-year forest health plan it's going to take concerted funding investments over the next 10 to 20 years for us to tackle this problem that's right and so tell us about that funding stream and maybe a little color around what it will cost the typical homeowner i'm going to first start with what it's already costing us yeah. okay because okay. yeah, this is really important yeah. <laughs> um, so what we are already paying on average for the last 10 years just to fight fires is a hundred and fifty four million dollars annually Wow okay now to get a little more fine-tune on that that's 10 years everybody will probably look back that doesn't include damage that's just the direct that's just fighting those okay, okay it doesn't okay. it doesn't it all include the health impacts the, the economic property, impacts yeah, the, the loss damage. of yeah. none no. of that okay. none of that it only is what our cost is to yeah. fight those fires now it's important to also know that if people look back 10 years majority of the fires really got bad only in the last five years yeah so if you really looked back over the last five years the costs of fighting those fires are in the 250 to 400 million dollars wow that's how huge a cost is now what we've proven is if we have the resources and equipment up front and we can pre-position them in those areas where we already know we're going to see more significant fire right. we can get on top of them keep the damage down and the cost of fighting fires down yeah what we are asking for in this legislature, we asked for $55 million to fund our wildfire and our forest health. To be frank, that is not enough yes. to really go at the aggressive scale that we need to on forest health and right. wildfire suppression. $55 million is less than one fire alone last year. We had one fire that was not even the largest of fires. It's the Twist Fire. It hit us again this last year in 2018. People remember it from 2015. It cost $60 million just to fight that one fire, just in suppression, mm -hmm. not damage, right? So right now, we've been working with the legislature to make sure we got the funding for forest health and we got funding for wildfire suppression. We have identified a revenue source that is a tax on insurance premiums mm -hmm. that would generate $125 million a biennium yeah. to truly be able to get on top of the wildfire suppression, have the resource and capacity, and potentially, potentially be able to take that 20-year forest health plan and get it done in 10 years. Yeah, that would be great. So uh, 125 million a biennium, if I'm a homeowner, how many dollars per year is that? Right. Our projections is that it'll cost around $10 per household per year for this. And I think what's important is we're making sure that the revenue source has a direct nexus. Yeah. A direct nexus to what it's applied to. As in, yay, my house didn't burn down. That's right. That's right. So the focus right. is on one wildfire suppression and having the resources to protect our homes in Washington state. Yeah. It's also uh, a fire prevention um, because last year over 90% of our fires were caused by humans. So yeah. there's an education component, education in preventing the fires, but also how homeowners can make their homes more resilient in the face of a changing climate, changing landscapes. It also has a component 
which is the forest health, which really I think the important is every dollar in actually generates more dollars on the back end for jobs in our rural communities and for product that's sold to market and then provides housing. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so very exciting. Call your legislature and say, yes, fix it. That's right. I think this is a same moment. I mean, again, for people to realize over the last 10 years, in total, over 10 years, our uh, increase in revenue for wildfire suppression is only grown by 2.5 million total over all 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, got to get her done. Yes. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Hey there, it's Stephanie again. It's been a while since Hillary and Nick talked, so I just thought I'd give you all an update. In the legislature this year in Washington State, for the first time in many years, we actually passed some dedicated funding to be able to manage our forests better and actually prevent wildfires proactively. But it totally wasn't enough, so Nick and our Civic Ventures gang are gonna stay committed to this issue, and there'll be a lot more to come, so stay tuned. Pitchfork Economics is produced by Civic Ventures. The magic happens in Seattle in partnership with Large Media. That's L-A-R-J Media and the Young Turks Network. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at Civic Action. Follow our writing on Medium at Civic Skunk Works and peek behind the podcast scenes on Instagram at Pitchfork Economics. And one more, you should definitely follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Hanauer. See you next week.